We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in another episode of Goodman and Hummel is uh, upon us. And uh, Robbie, today's a big day for you, first of all. Huge, huge day. Huge day. Huge day. Woke, I mean, up, at, woke up at 7.45. Nerves. It's like an NCAA tournament game today. You're retesting. The retest <laughs> of the 21-inch vertical comes finally today. Um, yep. How do your legs feel? Pretty good, you know. I'm gonna get a good breakfast in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really stretch, and really think about what I'm doing here. Hopefully, the last two months of uh, getting driven in the weight room down here are gonna pay off, and I'm gonna move from 21 to like 24. I don't know if that would be like a, an astronomical gain in terms of like that's a lot. Like when you look at like percentage of increase, but uh, yeah, um, I'm confident. <laughs> I hope so. Because- and if I don't get 21, I'm going to bribe somebody to put on the sheet that I got 25 I got so I can bring it here. And, uh, yeah, we'll be good. You know, I have sources down there in Atlanta, so you can yeah, bribe, you can bribe people all you want. We're going to get to the bottom of this thing. Never safe. Never safe. Never safe. Never safe. All right. Let, let's get on to something, um, serious, sad, um, Sunday, early evening. Um, Anthony Stewart passed away. Well, UT Martin announced that he passed away, 50 years old, head coach at, at UT Martin. I had known him pretty well, Rob. Believe it or not, um, I talked to him quite often uh, over the years, over the last four years, and um, really, really sad. And it was crazy for me. I didn't believe it at first because I was texting with him. I look back at the text at like 11.20 to 11.45, Sunday morning about he had told me on Friday that his team had been shut down um, with a positive test. And I had asked him uh, Sunday morning when they were going to get back on the court or try to. And he said, actually, it was a false positive. So we're going to hope to get back on the court uh, this week at some point. And uh, and when I heard the news, I just, again, just shock. I mean, more shock for me than anything else. And then just kind of sadness because he was a guy that a lot of people probably don't know, but he was a big time personality. He was a guy who, who kind of grew up in the business world and got into coaching late, got into coaching, um, you know, in his, I, I think, 30s, mid 30s and did it because he loved it, made a lot more money in the business world, in the private sector 
but did it because he loved it. And then the coolest thing and the most heartbreaking thing is how much he loved coaching his son, Parker, who transferred from Pittsburgh after a year, chose UT Martin over all these high majors and was able to coach him. And and I wrote it in my tribute to him that I'll post later, uh, earlier, later today. Um, but when you listen to him talk about his son, it was like listening to him talk about LeBron James. It was, it was kind of the coolest thing ever. You know, I'm shaking my head as I'm listening to it, but he can go on and on. He was so proud of his son, Parker, uh, not only because of the player he was, but Robbie, he, he graduated in, in two years and a summer. Yeah. And he just got his master's and he's only been in school for three, uh, a little over three years now. So um, just absolutely still shocking. I talked to some some coaches that are really close with him. Uh, Heath Schroyer uh, was his head coach um, at UT Martin. Uh, Chris Lowry, who you know was very, very close with him. I talked to him last night and Chris was just, again, just kind of in a state of shock more than anything because uh, he passed away suddenly. It wasn't due to COVID. At least that's, that, that's what they think right now. It was not due to COVID. He passed away in his sleep. And, and the, the saddest part is Parker found him. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think just even looking at, at Parker's Instagram, you know, it's just, it's something that you, really? you don't think, there's so much going on right now. Like, like there's so much bad stuff happening. Yep. And then you see this last night on Twitter and it's like, man, get 2020 out of here. <laughs> like it's just, it's bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And, and no son should have to go through that, especially when, like you said, you transfer back to play for your dad, which is such a unique and really cool experience. And, you know, it's just hopefully. Some sort of good can come out of this. I have no idea what that could be. Like none, but it's just an awful situation. And you know, imagine being part out to his family. And I, I just I feel horrible for his son, and and for that whole community. I mean, he seemed just like a really special guy. Yeah, uh, someone he really that was, was. Really instrumental in their university, and it's just it sucks. Funny. I mean. The big thing that I got from talking to him over the years and talking to other people last night was just he was a no bullshit guy. Like he he told me I talked to him probably two months ago, and uh, and he told me he's like, listen, last year I screwed up. I took a bunch of of kids that were probably more second chance kids, uh, and and they were it was more athleticism than than skill, and I screwed up. And this year. I kind of clean house, turned it over, and we got skilled dudes. We got long, skilled wings that can play well with Parker because Parker's such a, a high IQ cerebral guy. So he was so excited about this year's team and having a chance to coach Parker. And um, so anyway, um, rest in peace, Anthony Stewart. Um, condolences to his family, to Parker, to his wife, to his two other kids, and uh, just sad news. Just sad news, and and you know. I don't want to trivialize going from, from somebody passing, uh, but more, more sad news uh, going on or bad news going on around college basketball. And Sunday it comes out that Vermont isn't going to play a game until December 18th now because of how the state is heading right now with their coronavirus cases. Alabama state announces that it is not going to play non-conference games. Um, Bethune-Cookman had already announced it's not playing games at all this year. The Ivy League last week announced it is not playing games. Usually the Patriot League follows the Ivy, Rob, so it wouldn't be a surprise at all if that happens here in the next week or so. Um, 
we're not trending in the right direction. We've also got 20 plus teams right now that are in a shutdown, a quarantine shutdown. Uh, I've been kind of keeping track of some of those programs. You got Seton Hall, you got UConn, uh, Southern Illinois, uh, a bunch of different programs that are going through it right now. And uh, it's just, it looks like something that again, I I think we're going to get off the ground when it comes to college hoops, but I don't know how far we're going to get after that. Yeah. I'm putting it at like, I'm going to go 60, 40 that we will get to the NCAA tournament. And I just say that because I think the sport has to. <laughs> like it's right. not probably because for, it's the same thing to do. It's yeah. because of money. Yes. When when the Ivy League canceled, that felt a lot like deja vu. Like the Ivy feels like like they're obviously known for their academics. They're smarter and than the rest of us, Rob. They're smarter than everybody else. Like they're they are ahead of the curve. When they canceled the NCAA tournament. There was petitions, or when they canceled their their teams playing in the commerce tournament, NCAA tournament, it was like people were outraged. Like, how could okay. the Ivy League do this? Like, and then like a week later, people were like, "Man, the Ivy League, they they really knew what they were doing." <laughs> yep. I it felt like deja vu. Like that that was not a good feeling. Um, as for Seton Hall, Kevin Willard may never come back on this podcast. He was talking about how they they never they hadn't had a COVID test. He talks about it. Bang, shut down. Two weeks gone. So, good so that might be the jinx. last time we see him. That's our first um, jinx right there. Yeah, we, we've jinxed Seton Hall. I, I just think that because of what this sport has become from a financial monster for the NCAA tournament, we're going to have it. But I think the ride is going to be like mass cancellations. It's going to be, it, it's going to be total chaos. Like, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to travel doing games. Yeah. I think I, I've got a kid at home from ESPN. I'm going to do them from my living room. Um, I live in Chicago. So big to network. I can just go down to the studio and do the games from there. It, it's going to be really weird. Like it's, you're going to be calling games off a of TV, yeah. um, which I've done once. I did that my, my first year of broadcasting. I, I did a, one of those games for ESPN and I did it at the Braves spring training facility. Did my really? headset didn't work. My, my headset literally, I couldn't hear my partner in my, in my headphones. I couldn't hear any noise in the stadium. Um, I couldn't hear myself. Like it, it was, it was a nightmare. Now I think that was a one-off. Usually that wasn't the norm. And I, I'm guessing that, that they've really put a lot of technology into this. And a lot of people have been doing, you know, I've talked to Jason Benetti and he's, wow. he's been doing football games from his house the whole year. Yep. So this isn't like something new, but it's just going to be. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, but I, I do think that we will get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I just wish the NCAA would be more proactive than reactive. Yeah, with how many different things? Right, everything. <laughs> you everything. can name ninety things that you wish they were more proactive on. Listen, we can go for the smallest, and one of the smallest, Rob, is is all these leagues right now are trying to figure out the minimum number of of players in order to be able to play a game. And I'm right. thinking to myself. Why the hell hasn't the NCAA come up? That shouldn't be up to the conferences. That should be it's a not just that. It's it's deal. testing regulations. It's Everything. it's so much more than that. Like that's a no brainer. Right. Yeah. Right. But and that's what I'm saying. I'm starting at the the absolute bottom yeah. with like, well, how hard is it to come out and announce you need seven scholarship players to be able to play a game, and and, and a total of maybe eight that you're dressed right, seven and one walk on. Put it across. That one should be done. Put it out. Be done with it. And then, yeah, the testing part is obviously a lot more difficult because you've got different conferences. Uh, diff- How about referees? 
How are we not at this point? We had Ted Valentine on here a few weeks ago, and he made a great point. Why aren't we in pods this year? Why wouldn't you keep the refs together? You're, you're, you're based regionally, right? You've got certain refs that are based in the Midwest. Yep. They stay together, the three of them, and you have an alternate with them. So it's really four to a pod because if right. one of them gets sick or whatever, um, and, and they go through these same games all season long. How difficult. Because what I've heard, here, here's what they're going to do. I talked to one rep, and he said they're going to send us, if we're doing 20 games, they're going to send us 40 kits, 40 testing kits, and we're going to have to FedEx them to a, to a lab. Well, what kind of what kind of kits are they like saliva or are they the I don't nasal know if PCR or if they've or, got these dudes sticking these things up their nose that would be total NCAA at its yes. finest like yes. hey stick this thing to your brain and try to like actually do it and it's I think hard enough to take that drop. test I don't I don't think it would be it's not NCAA that's the sad part they don't have the the, the wherewithal it's the conferences that control it which is even dumber. To me, it should be the NCAA controls it. They've got one universal assigner, and they can say, hey, you know what, Ted Valentine? You're based in Charleston. You know what? You're not going to get in a flight all year. You're going to go ACC. You're going to go SEC. And we don't care if the assigner in the SEC doesn't like you. This is what you're going to do this year. You're going to do these games with, with, with this crew and deal with it this year. Deal with it. That would make sense. But, again, it's a shit show, Rob. It's a I, shit show. I totally agree. And it shouldn't have been because it's not like this just popped up. This wasn't like March where you're like, well, we have to cancel the state tournament because we don't know. Exactly. Exactly. We know a lot of stuff now. Like, like we are way further along in this. So I, I don't understand why it's so hard to use your brain. But apparently Let's talk about something good, Rob. Let, let's okay. talk about something good. Let's talk about LaMelo Ball. Oh, God. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the NBA draft. It is this yep. week, um, finally, uh, yeah. Wednesday. Right. And uh, we're excited, I think. I mean, listen, it doesn't have the pop that other drafts have had for multiple reasons. Number one, it's been delayed uh, what feels like an eternity. Number two, the top of this draft absolutely sucks. There's no other way. It doesn't have the depth either that the 2012 I, draft had. I like In the terms depth. Of well, I was just saying that because, like, I went 58th, so it oh, doesn't okay. got it. The 2012 yeah. draft. That's very true. Very true. You know, biased opinion, but what was that like for you? So, 58th, you're two away from not getting drafted at that point. Had you given I was up? Literally ready to fire my agent had I not gotten drafted because, and I had a good agent, like Mark Marlstein was who represented me. I really like Mark. If he hears this, he'd probably be like, "There's no way he would have fired me," but he had told me to have like a draft party. Like I was very confident that I was going to get picked because I had Toronto really interested in like the late thirties. I worked out for them. I had a, I had literally a virtual guarantee or I thought (laughs) not a guarantee. Apparently I was supposed to be guaranteed that Utah was going to take me at 51 or around. It was the low fifties. So I, he was like, he felt really good. And actually, Jeff Hornacek told me a story at, at Summer League two years later that blew my mind. I forget what the GM's name was in Utah at this point. But he said that he asked when it was their time to pick, and they had told Mark that they were going to take me. He said he, he asked everybody, who should we take? And Jeff Hornacek told me it was unanimous. Everybody said me. And no he way. went and drafted somebody else. Who was it? Uh, I think Kevin Murphy. I think he, I think he, 
I think Kevin Murphy was his name. Maybe it wasn't. Hold on. Look. We got to find this out. We Let's have look to look up who they drafted. Out. What year? 2012. 2012. All right. We're going to find out who this dude is. We got to hunt him down. I, mean, I know. We need to yeah, have it was this Kevin guy Murphy. It was Kevin Murphy. Kevin Murphy. It was the 47th pick, and Utah had told Mark, 6'7", 185-pound native out of Atlanta, scored 2,000 points at Tennessee Tech. Wow. So I went from, like, when they drafted Kevin Murphy, I was like, I am so screwed. (laughs) So I'm at this party. I'm at this party with my friends, my family. Like, everybody is there. Yeah. And, like, picks 50 through, like, 57 was just European big, European big, European. I'm like, I've never even heard of these dudes. So I'm, like, calling Mark, like, like what on? the hell is going on? He was like, be patient. I was like, yeah, be patient. There's three picks left in the freaking draft. Like, okay. And thank God. And this was about the time that Twitter started breaking these picks. You might have even told me that I got drafted because I think you were, like, <laughs> I was good then. Yeah, I was tweeting stuff out. I was breaking stuff back then. Yeah, so I see on Twitter that the Timberwolves are going to draft me. And I'm like, please, God, because this night is so screwed up. If I, if I, I don't know how I would have faced you. I would have been crying probably. I would have been like in tears. Like I, I really, I've worked out for 14 teams. I'd blow my knee out twice. Like I really wanted to be drafted. I, I didn't care. And thankfully I was picked, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was miserable. It'd be sweet if you're drafting the lottery of the first round. That'd be a hell of a night. But when you're waiting and it's, it's really terrifying. So it's so crazy. A few years ago, I, I, I'm sure I tweeted this. I almost guarantee that I tweeted LaMelo Ball would never be the number one overall pick. I, I guarantee I did. I don't remember it, but I guarantee knowing me, I did after watching him in Lithuania. And it, right. it was painful as all hell. I mean, yeah. honestly, it was painful. In fairness to him, and I'm I'm as critical as on Lamelo Ball and the Ball family as anybody. But when you're like 16 playing against pros, right. of course you're going to look like shit. Yeah. Those dudes are grown men. But you're it was playing, more his approach, Rob. Rob, it was more his approach to the game. No, I totally agree. You know, I, it wasn't that was good. My like, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. But I think, in fairness to the kid, and this is totally his dad's fault. You are putting your son in a situation where you have zero chance to succeed. Yep. And you're playing against thirty year old men that are feeding their families off. Pl- like they do not give a shit who you are. Lamelo Ball, I'm going for thirty. He's sixteen. Like he had no chance. It was a terrible situation. It was. It was. But you know what? Um... He, he he's fortunate in a way that this draft at the top does uh, stink. Yeah, no I, doubt. there's no other word for me to use. I feel bad saying it. I do, but but I it's just don't think good. it has anybody where you think they have legitimate star power, and the, maybe the people that are talented enough to have that have other issues surrounding them. That's the problem. Anthony Edwards yeah. might have the the actual ability, the natural gifts to be a star. Do I trust yeah. him? No. I, you know, I don't know who's going one, and, and we'll do a little bit of a mock draft here, but I wanted to get into the, the, the number one pick dilemma, right? And if you're Gerson Rosas in Minnesota right now, to me, you can't take – So Minnesota, him. by the way. I mean, you can't take <laughs> James Wiseman. You can't take James Wiseman because you're not he, Carl fit. he does not fit what they do. I think if they didn't have Carl, then you could make the argument for that. But, like, it just – it's such a Timberwolves thing to get the number one pick in a draft where you really don't want it. Right. You don't. It's almost interesting. You keep hearing about Charlotte 
and how they want to trade up to draft James Wiseman. It's like, man, that might not be a bad play. If you're – listen, if you're – If they would do it, oh, yeah, I, I think that, that keeps getting leaked. And that might be a ploy because you know how this works where, like, agents start doing that to boost their guys and teams start doing that to try to get what they want. And, like, it's – they might be saying we want to trade up for James Wiseman so they can take LaMelo Ball. You know, it's it's such a weird deal. But – I would think that the best case scenario would be trade down to you know four or five, six, whatever, get a get a good piece around around those guys and D'Angelo Russell and and Carl Anthony Towns and and just not have the pressure. Like I play with Anthony Bennett up there, and he was number one pick, and the pressure of it crushed him, like it, it totally crushed him, and I I just couldn't believe he couldn't believe it. Remember we asked him like, did you think you were gonna go number one? He was like, no, I thought it was going to be like the seventh pick. Like, and, he, and we were like, why do you think Cleveland took you? And <laughs> this is his answer. He goes, no, I think they really wanted to keep me away from Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? who in the, in the history of the NBA outside of the Penny Hardaway and Shaq years has been like, man, you got to worry about Orlando. <laughs> now, that being said, Anthony Bennett was a really good guy. He was nice a really good guy. Team. And this is a really – this is hilarious. I have to tell this. And then we'll get to the mock draft. The equipment guys are cleaning out our lockers after the, my second year in Minnesota. And they're going through and they're cleaning out Anthony Bennett's locker. And we could do these appearances in Minnesota. And they were great. Like, I did one – I wish I got, like, 50 of them. It was like I went to a casino that was opening a new restaurant, like, on this um, tribal reservation in Minnesota. And you got paid like 3,500 bucks just to go. And like, so like, I literally went, ate some good food, talked to some people, like took some pictures. Did you gamble at least? I don't think I was allowed to gamble or there wasn't time to gamble. Got it. Um, And then left and then you get paid. So it's like, it's great. So they're going through his locker. They find one of these appearance checks. It's uncashed. They're like, oh my God, Anthony Bennett, what the hell? So they call him and they're like, yo, AB, you got a $3,500 check in your locker. Like, we're going to send it to you. He's like, man, my bad. Like, okay, thanks for doing that. Cool. So in the NBA, they escrow 10% of your money too. So if you're making $5.8 million, like he was making, you get an escrow check if the league makes it back. And this year we got a shortfall because the league was starting to make a lot of money with the China stuff. So the escrow check was what it was for. It was 580. And then we got an additional, like, and this was everybody got like an additional 180 or 200,000 that year because of how much money the league made. But so you got, those are two separate checks though. So your escrow check was 10% of your check. So they're going through stuff. They're finding shoes. They find his escrow check Shut for $580,000. No. And they literally are like, this dude has no idea. <laughs> He's got a half million dollars sitting in his locker in our locker room. He had no clue. He literally hadn't, he had forgotten about it totally. Now, that being said, it's a great dude. I, I really hope that if he's still playing, he'd find some success because he was a good teammate and he didn't deserve the pressure that I want to pick, but that was hilarious that he had 580 grand in his locker in Minnesota and didn't know. I mean, that's a big question, too. Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo can handle being the number one pick. I mean, this is a kid who's been in the spotlight. He's been in the spotlight since he was 14 years old. Yeah, right. right. So he'll he'll be fine with that. I just don't know, uh, again, if I'm Minnesota, who I'm going with. All right, so we'll start this kind of mini mock draft that we're doing here. 
I don't even know how far we'll go with it, but let, let's. You what know, we do? Are we alternating on who we would take, or are we no, like we're you're just taking? Gonna, we're going to each kind of go through it, and like, especially early on, we we yeah. can kind of talk through it. So I guess t- Timberwolves, uh, gun to your head here. Uh, who are you taking if you're Gerson? I, I hate myself for doing this, yep. but like no one else makes sense. So I went. If they could trade down, if I'm the GM, I would trade down. Like, I would not take this, but they probably are going to have to. I want Anthony Edwards because he's the only dude to me that makes sense. I I know LaMelo could because he's more of a passing guard. I'd hate him as the number one pick, so I I went Anthony Edwards. You know who I might go? Gun to my head. Honestly, like, I just don't like – I can't go Anthony Edwards. I have a hard time going LaMelo. Wiseman doesn't fit. I'm like now at the point where I'm ready to take Denny of Dia or, or Obi Toppin. Like, can no I do it? Is, no one is doing that. I, no I one get is it. But, I know. But honestly, I, isn't it the safest pick, Rob, to take Obi Toppin at number one? Isn't it the safest pick? I, I wouldn't hate Obi Toppin with Minnesota because of the fact that he could spread the floor for Carl right. Anthony Towns. They can both shoot. You're taking this dude who's 22 years old with the number one pick, and NBA people hate that. Like, that's such a – but I I hear you. But I – that would be highly criticized, I feel like. You think? If you were the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think he would be getting it destroyed. I I think you're right, which is why I wouldn't do it. But I'm damn close to doing it. It's all I'm telling you is, like, like, I'm on the clock. Sorry, go ahead. When I'm on the clock – I'm still – all this shit is swirling through my head right now if I'm yeah. Gerson Rosas. I'm, I'm not sleeping the night before. Tuesday night, I'm not sleeping a wink. And and, and when it comes down to it, yes, I'm probably taking LaMelo Ball. They need to bring back David Kahn for this draft. He would do off-the-wall shit. He, he, <laughs> you draft, he draft eight point guards. He drafted me after nine ACL surgeries. So, yeah, <laughs> bring David back as a, as a consultant here. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's even on while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. You have no idea what you're missing. The Theragun is a must-have for everyone. Get the ultimate tool for ideal relaxation today. Give your body the break it needs. Try Theragun for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gun 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need, starting at only $199. Go to Theragun.com slash good right now and get your gen four theragun today that's theragun.com slash good theragun.com slash good man all right so I, i'm you're going edwards i'm going Lamelo ball uh to start out are, are we in agreement here that if the golden state warriors do not trade down which they should do they should yeah. try to get a guy who's a veteran a big totally. man who can help i mean steph clay wiggins draymond it's easy to figure what they need a big, an athletic big who can finish around the basket, block shots, alter shots. So everybody's talking about him trading down. I guess the bigger question to me, Rob, is why even trade down? Why not just take James Wiseman? I, I wouldn't. I I like the pick of Wiseman. I, I really do. I, I I get why they're trading down because they feel like they need a an experienced piece come playoff time. But 
I mean, when you talk about going up against the Lakers in their front court, Anthony Davis, JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, like assuming those guys resign, um, James Wiseman is a specimen. Yes. When I saw him in Memphis, I thought he is David Robinson, like body-wise. He yep. doesn't maybe have the skill set yet, like in terms of like putting it on the floor and doing what David Robinson did, but he his body looks like him. The way he runs the floor, there was a clip. He played three games at Memphis. He had a clip, I think it was against South Carolina State, where he runs the floor and hammers this dunk home. I mean, he's 7-1. He's enormous. Yep. So yep. I I like the James Wiseman pick. I, I wouldn't hate it if, if they took him. And I think if, if they weren't so hell-bent on it has to be this year, he would make sense personnel-wise. Think about him in pick and roll. Uh, With Steph coming off, yep, yep. Clay raising behind, you roll him to the rim – you get a rim protector with a bunch of really good guys in the perimeter defensively. I, I like James Wiseman as the pick. Seven six wingspan, block shots. Worst case scenario right now, he's a rim runner and he's a rim protector, yeah. which I think helps him in both facets. So I I'm with the Wiseman pick. I I think it was good if they if they took him. I don't think they will, but I I'd, I'd be with it. Well, the only thing so they've got this seventeen million dollar trade exception, uh, but a lot of people feel like they may not use it because. Uh, of the tax, you know, the tax deal and, and the fact of, of where we are right now, um, you know, economically that they may not use it. But again, who, who knows? I, I think they have a chance to get the right player. They would trade out of there if they can get a veteran who they know could help them win another title now, because they're, they're back to playing. They got a window here of, of another three years or so to really and people forget about that people are like well the lakers defense they just got dennis schroeder and the lakers are are clearly the favorite again well like we forgot like clay and steph are back now like this is Kevin Durant's back too yeah and now his team could be explode uh <laughs> defunct with some yes. of the personnel they have but there are a lot of players that weren't playing last year that are now coming back in a more normal season it's gonna be fun it's gonna be it a is. lot more fun it's good. It's honestly, I think the NBA really missed those guys. Yeah. The excitement factor that the Warriors bring to the table and like Kevin Durant as well. I mean, yeah. that dude is so talented. It's crazy. So number three, Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets, uh, Mitch Kupchak uh, on the clock here at number three. Hornets have absolutely sucked for a long time. They've been the playoffs four times since 2002, Rob. Uh, are, are we in agreement? I assume we're going to flip flop here and, and I'm going to end up Although, no, I'm, you know what? I'm not. I'm not taking Anthony Edwards here. I'm not. LaMelo won for me, Wiseman two, and I'm going uh, Obi Toppin here at number three with Charlotte. What about, I'm going to throw something a little off the wall at you here. Okay. What about Onyeko Okongwu here? Love it. You keep, you keep hearing about how they want Wiseman. They want Wiseman. Like, does that make more sense? Like, you, you bring in a, a guy that probably doesn't have the ceiling that James Wiseman does talent wise, but is probably more ready made to like be successful from a physicality standpoint on day one. Yeah. Cause he I, can... I took LaMelo ball, but I think that uh, just because I think that with their guard situation, Terry Rozier is looking to get buckets. Yep. Devontae Graham is looking to get buckets. You bring a guy that can pass. So I'm going to go LaMelo, but I could see them taking on Yeko yeah, listen, to me, they need a big more than anything, Charlotte. I think they'd be ecstatic if James Wiseman somehow fell to him. Uh, I don't see that happening. Uh, but I think Charlotte needs a big desperately. Uh, and, and that's why, to me, like an OB Toppin, playing some small ball five, an athletic four, which is kind of what they need, a big, strong, skilled athletic four. 
I don't, I mean, how much did you watch him, Rob? Like everybody crushes him defensively. And the only thing I'll say to that. Okongwu. Toppin, Toppin. Toppin, okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him a decent amount. I I think he has the tools to be like a solid defender. If I can be a solid defender in the NBA, Obi Toppin can be like, I wasn't like good, but I wasn't. The thing that with me was I had to try so freaking hard. Like I had to exert max energy 100% of the time or else I got embarrassed because I had things physically that I just couldn't make up for, you know, athletically, <laughs> genetically, like it just is what it is. But I think he has the pieces to be at least solid and he seems like he has a pretty high basketball IQ and that's half the battle. Yep. Knowing where you're supposed to be, understanding defense of three seconds. Yep. Like he can be a solid defender. I, I do believe that. All right. So uh who who are you taking there? With Charlotte? So you did yeah, you did Charlotte. I took, and, I took and, LaMelo Ball. LaMelo so yep. yeah, so we got we got the Bulls. All right. So we got the Bulls, the Bulls up are... next. Arturis, new GM, new coach, Billy Donovan. Desperately need a point guard, the Bulls. Do you reach there? Do you reach for a point guard, or what do you do? No, I think you take the best available here. Sure. I think you you put the ball in the hands of Thomas Sedaransky, Kobe White, Zach Levine again for another year. I, I'd take Denny of D. You would. I, I just think that he's a point forward, so he can alleviate a little bit of that. Yep. I think he's a good defender. I think he's played – anybody that's played in your league, people don't understand what that means, I think, here in the United States. I don't think that there's a respect that's given to that level. Like, And I'm not saying he's going to be Luka Doncic because Luka is a generational talent. Like when you're 19 years old and you win your early player of the year, that is so good. That's such an achievement. Um, and Denny wasn't doing that. But I think to have played at the early level and seen these guys, there's a lot of guys in your league that could play in the NBA. And they just don't, whether it's because they're just comfortable um, because they're from Europe or they, uh, or the American guys that are making so much money over there that it's like, man, it'd be a, it just is such a risk for me to do it. You know, I'm making a couple million dollars a year and I'm not going to go take a non-guarantee to try to make the team. Like that's financially pretty stupid to do. So I think that that has to be accounted for something, but, but the way that Denny has played at that level, I, I think he's a solid pick for the Bulls. Yeah, I, I would do the same thing there. I would do the same thing. Five, uh, Cleveland. I, I, you know, I still have Anthony Edwards on the board right now. I still do. You're going to have him at 30. He just scares me. Listen, when you're shooting 40 from, from the field, you're shooting Eventually, though, he becomes a steal from a talent perspective. Sure, sure. Eventually, somebody's yeah. going to be like, dude, this guy is so talented. And he is. But, but again, when your team stinks and you're shooting 40 from the field and 29 from three – don't we start to wonder a little Part bit? Part of that is a product of, like, Georgia wasn't very good, and he has to jack. Like, shot selection was t- totally an issue. Like, well, he played him – Cream played him on the ball most of the year, which made no friggin' sense. I came out of the first – I saw them play against Georgia Tech in early December in Athens. And I came out of there, and I asked Cream in the locker room afterwards. I did. I flat out asked them. I'm like, Tom, why are you playing with the point? What did he say? Well, it's easier to 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 be able uh, to to set up our offense that way, and 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 I'm like, no, no, but you have a a, a true point guard on the roster, a freshman. You could put Anthony Edwards is clearly a two, clearly a go get buckets guy. He's not a facilitator in any shape, way, or form. So let him go get buckets. 
get him the ball to make his life easier, whether it's running him off stuff, whether it's ISOing it, whatever it is, figure that out. But like, but obviously he made a deal with the devil to get Anthony Edwards there to basically say, Hey, the ball's going to be in your hands all the time. That sounds like my dad, my dad coached my boys and girls club team in like second grade. And he came up with this like really good idea because the league had a one pass rule. You had to pass the ball once on the floor. So I would take the ball out when the other team made baskets and the person would pass me the ball back. And now it was time to ball out. That's what this sounds like. Like you've got, you've got like the one pass rule. So like, this is how Anthony Edwards can just get yeah, his game well, on. It, it, all right. So I, I'm going to take Anthony Edwards at five with Cleveland. Kobe Altman's got to hit a home run here. I, I think again, Anthony Edwards is a home run or a strikeout guy. I, I really believe that. I believe in five years, you're going to have a guy who's either an all-star or Anthony Benedish. I, I really do. And, uh, and if you're Kobe Altman, you have Darius Garland, you have Colin Sexton, two small guards. You can put Anthony on the wing, uh, as a bigger guard. You got Kevin Love, you got Larry Nance. Uh, you want to get rid of Kevin Love, but they can't. And, uh, so I take Edwards here. And to me, like if, if he's available, I think that that's a pick where you can look at it like, the pressure's not going to crush him. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder for sure. I mean, you've yep. been being told you're going to be the number one pick for the last six months. So I, I think that'd be a good pick if he's available. I'm, I want Obi Toppin. Um, local kid, played at Dayton. Maybe not necessarily a need because you mentioned kind of the log jam, but like to me, he's experienced. I think offensively, he could really fit with their guards. You know, you can do a lot of things with him in pick and roll. You, you yeah. can pop him, you can roll him, you can short roll him, you can post him. Um, defensively, there are certainly question marks. But again, like, I do have faith in people that seem like they know how to play, that they can figure out how to at least be solid. Yep. And I think it'll be top and it's like that. All right. The, number six, Atlanta, you're on the board. I went Tyrus Halliburton. I saw him a lot. I think that he really can play alongside Trey Young, which probably is easier said than done <laughs> because of the Not going to get a lot of touches. Yeah, and I think there's there's certainly a question mark about the way that Tyrese Halliburton shoot, shoots the basketball, not from a percentage standpoint, but, like, can you get your shot off in the NBA doing that? It's, like, it he can't shoot a pull-up. He yeah. cannot shoot a pull-up in the NBA. He really couldn't shoot a pull-up in college. But, man, he's got – Great vision. He's a fantastic teammate. Yep. He shoots yep. a high percentage from a catch-and-shoot perspective. He's got a lot of substance to him. He's a good leader. I I, I think Tyrus Halliburton would be a really good fit in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'm torn on Atlanta. Like, I don't know what they need. You know, yeah. they, they got Capella. I would have thought it was a big, and, I you know, I love Onyeka. So I might have got Onyeka here. But with Capella, with John Collins, what do you do? I mean, to me, I think their biggest need – is is defense. So you know who I go here? Isaac Okora. Yeah. I go Isaac Okora. I know they took DeAndre Hunter. I, I, I get it all. But to me, this team is just going to need defense, defense, defense. And I think Okora is a guy that, again, in, in the age of, of kind of multidimensional wings, he's an elite defender. And I think his shot will get better. So I, I would just kind of take him because I feel like he's got maybe as high upside as anybody at that spot where Hal Burton to me – I think could be a career backup in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just like the way he plays with Trey Young. But I, 
I don't think that would be shocking if that's what he was. Right. Right. Um, all right. So we got, uh, uh, Atlanta, Detroit at seven. We'll go through 10 here and then we got a few, uh, superlatives that we want to get to. Detroit at seven. This is an interesting pick. Like Detroit's roster is certainly like in flux. <laughs> so it's like, you got nothing. A lot of different ways. You, it's you, terrible yeah. roster. I know. You've got, like, D. Rose, who's a free agent. Blake Griffin's injured. Like, your building blocks right now are who? Like, Luke Kennard. You don't have one. You don't have anybody you can build around. Detroit's yeah, roster so, sucks. I've got him taking Onyeko Kongwu because he's, like, the best player available. Um, Patrick Williams would be interesting here just because he's so versatile. He's super young. Yep. He's 19. He's built like he's 30. <laughs> He's got a body, man. He showed up at Florida State with a body. He 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 is physically very ready to play in the NBA. So I'm going to go Okongwu, but I I think Patrick Williams has a, has the potential to go here too. I'm going Pat Williams here. I'm going Pat Williams. I just think the upside again. If you're Detroit, you got to swing. You got to yeah. swing. And, and Onyeka is going to be a good player, no doubt. We kind of know what Onyeka is going to be. I think for the most part, he can be he like a 14 and eight guy. Him. Yeah, like he he needs some people. I think people are hoping he's like Bam Adebayo, right? That would be like the the top right. ceiling of what Onyeka Congo yeah. could be. But I like the Patrick Williams pick. I Love think him. That's that's really Love good. Uh, huge fan, Pat Williams. All right, number eight, uh, the New York uh, Knickerbockers. Uh, yeah, they're in like no man's land here. It's yeah. like I went Killian Hayes. Okay, I think they need a point guard. Um, he's got great vision. Last season. Shot the ball pretty well in Euro Cup, which is a little bit lower level than Euro League, but still there's good teams there. Um, he's really good in pick and roll. He's had the experience of running a team now overseas, and, and I, I think that the Knicks need somebody that can start running the show. And unfortunately, that's not a sexy pick. The New York media, they, they might boom out of the freaking wherever the draft is this year, but that I think Killian Hayes for them is is the pick. You know – I want to go Halberton here, and, and it seems like the easy pick, right? Uh, but I'm 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 tempted to go Killian Hayes over Halberton. I just don't know if Tyrese Halberton is a. I would say Killian Hayes is a higher upside. Than that's Tyrese what I mean. Halberton. And, and yeah. if I'm the Knicks, I gotta go that way. I can't just take a guy that I think is going to be like. I just think Halberton's probably a starting point guard for a non-playoff team. I feel like that's what he is. Killian yeah. Hayes to me. Um, Bigger, stronger. Um, I'm going to go Killian Hayes too. I'm going to go Killian Hayes over over Hal Burton. Uh, Washington's up next at number nine. Uh, they need pretty much everything in the front court. I mean, John Wall's kind of damaged goods. Bradley Beal probably wants out, but makes too much money now. Um, I'm going on Yeka here at number nine. I think it's an easy pick for me. Yeah, uh, he's off the board for me, so I'm going Isaac Coro. I think is just a, a three and D type guy. Hopefully he can start to shoot the ball better. You mentioned phys- physically what he's gifted with. He's built like a linebacker. He's six, six. He can be like the prototypical three and D guy. So I, I went with Okoro. 10, uh, your, your boy, Ricky Rubio is getting a little bit older. He needs a backup. I'm going with Tyrese Halbert. One day you have to tell the Ricky Rubio story. I don't think you can on this, <laughs> on this podcast. But the Ricky Rubio story, and there's probably more than one, but the one you told me uh, years ago is absolutely I will say about Rick, uh, Rick, Ricky is a phenomenal teammate. Yeah. Like he, he is a fantastic teammate. So if you do take a point guard there, he, he's going to mentor him. He's going to help him. Yeah. Um, 
that would not be an issue. I, I really enjoyed playing Ricky and he was a lot of fun to be around for sure. Um, I, I went Patrick Williams cause I still have him available. Um, they kind of have a lot of three and D guys. Not that that's what Patrick Williams is. They have a lot of six, eight guys that they've drafted in the last like three drafts, but they're like long, they're more long lanky, uh, guys where Pat Williams, like you said, he, he's an MF. Right. It's, it's like Mikel Bridges, Kelly Oubre type. Like, uh, Patrick Williams is different, but I think that you could go with a point guard there. If they went Kyra Lewis, if they went Tyrus Talburn, whoever, that's, that's fine. But since I still have a guy as talented as Patrick Williams available, I went with him. NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. But we've got NBA draft odds right now. And uh, LaMelo Ball, yeah, that LaMelo Ball is the favorite to go number one. He's minus 250. Anthony Edwards, the freshman out of Georgia, number two at plus 150. James Wiseman, the 7-1 big man, is plus 600. How about the fourth pick odds? Because everybody thinks those guys are going one through three. Denny Evdia, plus 190. Obi Toppin, National Player of the Year last year, plus 350. Onyeka Akangwu, plus 350 also. Tyrese Halberton, plus 650. And Isaac Okoro, plus 2,800. No matter how schedules change or players that play, BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every single game this season with the fastest updated odds in the entire industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses with the NFL offers and contests bet online your online sportsbook experts all right let's get into the 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 fun ones we're going to do a few superlatives here uh you want to start with something positive sleeper biggest yeah let's do that let's do sleeper all right go ahead your 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 biggest sleeper in this year's draft is who i'm gonna i'm gonna go isaac okoro just because i think that he has the potential to be i'm gonna like a like an andre iguodala you know, like a guy that's really put together physically. Andre Godala has made – he's not a good – he's not a great shooter, but he's a clutch shooter. He's made big-time plays in big moments in his NBA career. So that might be a stretch in terms of that, but I think that Okoro can be a really nice piece in terms of like, all right, you get him to start making some corner threes. Physically, he can match up with guys like a LeBron James, like from a physicality standpoint. He can match that which not many guys can. Because when you see LeBron warming up, you're like, this dude moves different than everybody else on this floor. So I I like Okoro in that regard. And I think just because you look at mock drafts and he's like anywhere from five to like 12, you know, so you could really get a lot of value in those picks with Isaac Okoro. I'm going with another wing. And the biggest difference is I just think with the NBA, you got to shoot the hell out of the ball these days. And, And Devin Vassell, yeah. I love these two Florida State kids. I love them both because they guard. Like Devin Vassell guards the hell out of the ball. So does Pat Williams. But the big difference, uh, Devin's got size and shoots the hell out of the ball too. Got a really good pull-up too. He can really get to this From pull. all three levels. And he's got that chip in his shoulder because he was a mid-major recruit until the end of Florida State. I, I just love that. I, I do. I feel like that, that fuels so many of these guys. And um, I, I just think – He's a guy. You're going to love Anthony Edwards' story then when he drops to five and just starts killing. He's going to be, you're going to be going from the biggest hater of Anthony Edwards ever to like on the Anthony Edwards fan train. Love him. Love him. Uh, All right. That's biggest sleeper. 
we'll, we'll flip to the biggest bust, El Busto. El Busto of this draft is who, Robbie? I hate to do this because I feel like I'm like overly negative, but yep. LaMelo Ball. I just, you if you cannot it. shoot at the point guard position, how has that worked out for anybody in the last 10 years in the NBA? They are going to go under and then go under again and under again, and then they're going to get to the charge arc and they might go under there. Like, that's what I think about when I look at LaMelo Ball. They're, they're going to go under forever. And to me, like, Lonzo was a really good player at UCLA, and he's a solid pro, but you could almost say that his NBA career has been – I'm not going to say a bust because he's a solid player. It's been disappointing for the number two pick. When you get drafted number one, like Anthony Bennett's the perfect example. If he's drafted 10th, no one even probably talks about him as a bust because it doesn't matter. But when you're the top pick or the second pick or the third pick, like it's a different animal. So I, I think his inability to shoot the ball, I think his dad is explosive as all can be to where he could totally screw this up. I, I just – there's a lot to me that screams like this could be really bad. Let me add on to that. So think about this, the difference. He passes the ball a lot like Rondo, right? They both dribble, 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 no look. Can I interrupt you, though? I know where Rajon Rondo is a really good example because he doesn't shoot it well, but Rajon Rondo is super freaking smart. And he, he knows ex- exactly where everybody's supposed to be. Agreed. He only cares about winning. Yep. He doesn't care about highlights. He doesn't care about stats. So when you look at LaMelo Ball and all he's cared about really since he was probably in high school is like, you know, looking cool on Instagram, that to me is a problem. That is a huge problem. And that's not just a LaMelo Ball problem. That's probably more of a like, that's the way that kind of kids are being brought up now because it's what they get affirmed on. So like, what is your concern? Would you rather win or would you rather look cool? That's that's a good question to to a lot of the guys in the draft, but especially to Lamelo Ball. And again, what I was trying to get at was they both have innate court vision and passing ability. They do it flashy. The big difference, the big the difference, big, the biggest two. difference. There's two. There's two. To me, Rondo was an elite defender when he got in the league, and Lamelo is an, an atrocious defender when he gets in. The league. Okay. So they're, they're here and there. How's LaMelo Ball's help side? How's that? Is he, is he good in the help side? There's nothing. Zero. Zero. And then the other part, the other part is Rondo knew he wasn't a good shooter and didn't shoot. LaMelo thinks he's a good shooter and he shot 25% last year overseas and keeps jacking, jacking, jacking. He shoots and it across his face. Mechanically, right. he's so flawed. Like I, it's worse whoever than taught him, Whoever taught him, I know who taught him. He should be ashamed. <laughs> well, I'm from Indiana. That, that doesn't that doesn't fly there. You can't you can't teach your kid to shoot like that. You're you cannot. Nice. But uh, Lavar did just that. All right. So uh, your El Busto is Lamelo. Mine is Anthony Edwards. Uh, no surprise there. I'm just concerned, especially if he goes number one, that he's not going to be able to live up to that hype. Uh, there's red flags all over the place. Whether it's winning games, whether it's his shooting percentage whether it's his uh, decision-making, um, you know, and then there's some, some red flags off the court as well that NBA execs are, are concerned about. So uh, Anthony Edwards is my uh, El, El Busto there. Uh, all right, the toughest guy to try to um, figure out. In well, this- I, I'm switching with you. I'm going Anthony Edwards. Yeah. You're, you're talented enough to be the number one pick. Um, why aren't you, you know? Part of that's fit. I don't think he – 
that's always going to be an issue with the NBA. Like, do you fit with our culture? Do you fit with our personnel? But to me, like, he's the best fit in Minnesota. That's what they need. So why aren't you the number one pick? So to me, that's really tough to figure. And then you start digging deeper and you start, you know, seeing some things. But I I think that he could be an all-star perennially. I think he could be a guy that's, you know, just has a hugely disappointing career. I, I think that's how wide his his kind of range of what he could be is. All right. So my, my toughest guy to figure is Jaden McDaniels coming out of Washington, uh, top five recruit coming into Washington. He looks the part. I mean, he's not as long as KD, but he's got that type of body. You see him on a certain day and he can drill three, four threes in a row. And you're like, man, six, nine, six, 10, whatever he is at skill level, doesn't play hard all the time. There were, again, red flags with him around that Washington program. I saw him. I was there for a game where he um, got a technical because he threw the ball. He was on the on the bench, and uh, they are playing UCLA, and one of the players kind of – the ball went off their hands into to McDaniels, and he took the ball, and he, like, threw it back at the player, got a tee. I think he led the country in technicals last year. So McDaniels has – I kind of compare them a little bit. They're not the same players, like a Kevin Porter type or a Bull Bull. Like those guys had tons of natural ability, but both slipped. And we see Kevin Porter got in trouble uh, the other day in in Cleveland. Uh, Bull Bull, yeah, he looked good at times, but really, what is Bull Bull at the end of the day? I mean, it was like, the start of it was the start of the bubble. Correct. Yeah. It was, Let me ask you this: if if you, if you could take like Emily Bates or Chet Holmgren. Money base. Money base. Would, would you take? Number I mean, one. Chet Holmgren looked really good. Both of them, Rob. Rob, I'm not was even the other night. I, I was, I was so impressed, man. Like Holmgren. I mean, Bates is a really good player too, but like they're both terrific. You could tell he was, he was out for blood. He, he wanted to prove a point, and that's it's impressive like to see a high school kid with that mentality. Rob, Chet Holmgren, seven feet, a buck 90. I don't even his dunk, know. his dunk at the end of the game where oh. he like crossed over and like went off one foot and just hung on, <laughs> hung on the rim. Like that was wait till he puts ball. on 30 pounds. Wait till he puts on 30. Cause everybody looks at him now and they're like laughing at me when I, I tweeted. I said I would take either of those guys. He looks like Durant in high school. Yeah. That's what Kevin Durant looks like. Totally. People forget like Durant now is really functionally strong, but Kevin Durant was like, you know. Nothing. People talked about how he couldn't bench 185, but functionally he was very weak. Like yep. that, he, he looks a lot like Chet Holmgren's body. He does. He does. And Chet, Chet's just funny because he's so goofy looking. And uh, I, I did an Super lanky, talking shit. Like he oh, was... he's great. He makes fun of himself. Like yeah. he had a good thing. We, I did something with him and the kid, uh, Paulo Benchero, who's going to Duke mm-hmm. together maybe uh, a couple months ago during the quarantine. And, uh, and Chet was just, man, fun. That was the first time I talked to him. He was just – you could tell, like, a lot of seven-footers don't want to play hoop. And, and you can tell who they are because they kind of cower, right? They don't want to talk. Chet Holmgren yeah. is, like, totally confident in who he is. And you can see it on the court. Like, he, he knows he's not that strong. But right. he's not shying away from any contact. Well, also just his ability to protect the rim. I mean, those guys, those guards were flying in there, and they they had no answer for his length, size, all the above. You know, but yeah, I would take both Chad Holmgren and Amani Bates today over anybody in this draft, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. That's how confident I would be. I think both are going to be NBA All Stars. Yeah, 
And again, we never know. You never know injuries, stuff like that. But um, all right. Uh, uh, what do we got? Best NBA career coming out of this group. Who's going to have the best NBA career? I think James Wiseman is. I mm-hmm. think he got lost in the fact that like people have forgotten about him. You play three games. You don't see him for a year. Man, he's seven one. He doesn't shoot it horribly. Nope. Like he can shoot a fifteen footer. Maybe he can extend his range. He runs as well as anybody at his size that we've ever seen. Like it's a David Robinson like rim run. Um, I really believe that he can be effective. He's not going to be Shaq. He's not going to be like throw it to him on the block and and give us, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Hakeem Olajuwon like performance posting up. That's not who he is. But for today's NBA big, I really believe that he fits perfectly. And if you put him with the Warriors and that culture and you get Draymond Green in his ear, like, dude, I I really think he could be a stud for them. I think yeah, people I mean, have just because he kind of DeAndre Ayton. Like 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 I DeAndre think he'd be Ayton. better than DeAndre Ayton. Uh, me too. I I don't I think he has gifts that DeAndre Ayton, like, well, Ayton is huge. Like Aiden's not running like that. He, he's a solid athlete, but like this dude is is an elite athlete at his size. Yes, he is. All right, so back in your 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 boy Anthony Bennett's draft class, 2013, uh, CJ McCollum went 10th, but the two the best player was clearly Giannis out of that draft. He went 15th, and and Rudy Gobert went 27th. So here's what I'm getting at: in a weak class, American class. I'm going to put my uh, money on a import on a international guy to be the best player to come out of this draft. Mm-hmm. I am. So I, I'm going with Danny Evdia in this, the, uh, I, I feel like the one drawback watching him is, is a shot is his perimeter shot. It doesn't, it doesn't look bad. I've seen him work yeah. out here a few times. Yeah. It looks pretty good. Yep. Like he was down here in Atlanta training and uh really good kid. It looks like it should go in. You can't say that for some guys. So that's encouraging. Like when guys can't shoot and they're young, but it looks okay. You're like, this has, you know, you start refining this, you get, you get in the gym. This is a chance. I just feel like he, he's super skilled. Um, he needs to probably bulk, get a little bit stronger from the looks of it, certainly. But again, he's young. Um, and I feel like with today's NBA, he fits. He fits today's NBA in the one area where, like you said, his shot's not broke. But the one area where you can improve the most in the NBA with with the work. most workable thing you got, you right. can't improve. You know, you can improve right. your vertical only so much. Right. Even your handle, that. right? Like yeah. either you can dribble or you can't. I feel like it's hard to improve your handle yeah. in the NBA, but you can improve your your shot. And I just think again, I think he's a guy that that that's going to be really solid. Um, I think the same thing for Obi Toppin. I think he's going to have a good solid NBA career. Um, but I don't know who's going to be the best. I, I, I do listen. I do think the best player may come out of the number fifteen pick, like it did with with Giannis. I I, I could see that a hundred percent in this year's draft. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't think there's going to be as much movement as people will speculate in the hours leading up to it. I'll ask you this: What about Boston? If anybody's going to move up, you'd you'd think because they have so many picks that it's going to be Danny Ainge, right? Yeah. If I'm Danny Ainge, listen, I'm I'm looking to absolutely uh, solidify and get a, a veteran at least out of these three picks. If I could trade all three, you know, you have 14 and you get two late first rounders. If I can, if I can wheel all three of them, 
and get somebody that can help me now, a scoring guard off the bench. Right. To me, that, that's a huge difference. And then we'll see. Do they move Gordon Hayward? Do they make a move and, and maybe deal Kemba? Because he was terrible in the playoffs last year. I don't he know was if he hurt, was, though. Uh, right. What's I mean, he, had he, was hurt. he looked hurt. Yeah. He was hurt. He looked small, is what he looked. He looked small in, in the That's, He's always been small. I, I don't know what you've been watching. Than <laughs> he's always been small. That's never been, uh, that's never been his strength. I would trade Gordon Hayward if I could today. If I could get 90% value for Gordon Hayward, uh, and I don't know what he's going to do if he's going to opt in, opt out to his final year, and it's like $35 million. I mean, to me, the only way you opt out is knowing, like Al Horford did, that you're you're going to get a big time three four year deal. And- I don't I don't think anybody can do that with the uncertainty of the salary cap. At least not in their right mind. Yeah, it'd be you hard. Must, you'd have to really hate the place you're at to opt out when you've got thirty five million coming. I wonder with Gordon, and I don't know this because I have never talked to him about it or asked him about it. But I wonder, like you went to Boston to be the man, and you break your ankle, and it's nobody's fault. Like it just it happens. He hasn't been able to kind of find that comfort zone he had in Utah. I wonder if he's happy. I really, I I don't know. I mean, not that he's a selfish guy at all. Not that he's not a team player and he plays his role. But like, you didn't go there expecting to be the fourth option. You didn't think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were going to kind of blow up and you're going to get Kemba Walker. Like, you went there to lead the Celtics with Brad Stevens and be the man. And there's, I'm not saying that's selfish at all. I think it's what a competitor should think. But I wonder if he's not happy yourself, Rob. You're also not yourself. You're not what you were prior to the injury. So I think and I, I think that I dealt with it in college. Like when you're playing and you're like, man, I used to be good. And now I'm I'm not. <laughs> like not that he's not good. He's just not he's not what he doing what he was doing in Utah when you're like, dude, he's a top ten player in the league. Yep. Now it's No, he's it's their fourth best ball. player. He's clearly their fourth best player. Yeah, he's a role player for them. Right. It sucks. It's it's hard to go through because mentally you're like, man, I'm putting the same work in. I just maybe I don't move the same. Right. In the back of my mind, I've got a little bit of fear that if I really drive hard, my knee or my leg might go like that's that's a shitty way to play. That sucks. Just don't do that when you uh, when you're testing for your vertical later today. Don't hey, man, be thinking. To All right, just I'm let it go. Breakfast and I'm going to let it go. Tips through and I'm going to put a 26 on the board. My over-under on you, I think you can get 23. I say 23 today. I'm going to make them allow me to try with a running start, too. Can we Can we make sure we get video of this today, please? Yeah, I'll, I'll film it. We need video. I'm, I'm not afraid of the footage. I'm not afraid of the moment, the footage, whatever it is. I'm not afraid of that. I will rise up. I'm going to have them bumping 2000s hip-hop in there to get my mindset right, and we're going to go. It's going to be great. All right, well, next week – you heard it here. We will see the footage of Robbie Hummel trying to uh, increase his vertical from 21 up to 26. We will also, I'm sure, talk more about college basketball. Uh, we'll know a lot more. I mean, yeah. a week from now, we're going to be talking about days away, Rob, from uh, the start of the college basketball season. I do think it'll start, uh, but I think it could be ugly from there. So, uh, I hope also- I have my schedule by then. It'll be good if I have my <laughs> – I hope I have my schedule by then on what team, what games I'm doing. That'd be great. Hey, I, I just hope you get put, you know, uh, you won't be in a pod, but, you know, a pod with Teddy Valentine would be great. If you just I would love that. Teddy around just, all year. I could just hear all, all the stories. I mean, 
Couldn't you listen to him all day long? I could. All day. I could. I could have talked to him for another two hours. Me too. And he could have too. I think. <laughs> I think we'll bring him back. I think we're, we're going to bring that. him back later this year because he can talk about what's going on with yeah. the officials throughout the season. So we'll we'll, we'll do oh. that. All right. Well, listen. Uh, be safe. Good luck, and uh, we'll Thank talk you. next week. Sounds good. See you.